Blog Talk Radio. Circumstances can't stop me And neither will they block me Today I feel unmovable Nothing's impossible To walk on water To calm the sea To speak to mountains Well, good morning, everyone. It is me, Dawn Marie, your host of The Process 319 Unleashed. And it is my absolute pleasure to be here with you today. I hope that you guys are having a great and awesome and wonderful day, despite all that may be going on in your life. Well, as you know, we always open with a word of prayer because we want God to be our honored guest here on the show today. But we also want to take this time to pray for all of you who may have a challenge, an issue, or a simple prayer request that you want to present before the Lord. And we want to definitely come into agreement with you this morning. So let us go ahead and enter in. Heavenly Father, we are so absolutely grateful and in awe that we can come before you and lay our burdens, our hearts before you. Father God, you say in your word that we can come boldly at the throne of grace and lay our petition down before you. Now, Father God, we just know that we thank you that your son Jesus died so that we could do just that. We are so grateful this morning, Lord, that you saw fit to allow your son to come down and die on our behalf so that we can be in right relationship with you, so that we can be reconnected to you as Adam and Eve were in the garden. Father God, this is a great day, a glorious day. Because we get to do it over, Father God. If we missed it, messed up, didn't really make that mark. Oh, God, you're so you're compassionate and righteous and just to forgive us of our sin. If we are willing to confess that sin and never do it again, then you will c- cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, there are those that are traveling to work, listening on demand, listening live. And I don't know what they're going through this morning. Or maybe they're having a great time and they're not going through anything. But, Father God, we praise you for that. And even if they are going through something, we stand right right now with them, Father. And we just say, Father God, minister to them. We are all going through a process. We are not there yet. We're not going to get there until you return and take us with you in the sky. But until then, we're all growing. We're all learning up and down and in and out, learning each day to submit more and more to you, more of our heart to you, more of our mind to you, more of our attitudes to you. So, Father God, help them go through their process. Deal with marriages and children and families and finances and the government. So many things right now we need at your feet. 
We thank you, Father God, that again we can come and lay this petition down, knowing that you are going to hear us, knowing that every word has a place. It does not return void. It goes out to do what you set for it to do. So, Father God, again, we just rejoice in who you are. We rejoice in your presence. We rejoice in knowing that you are Emmanuel, God, with us. We rejoice in knowing that you are the all-sufficient one. We are honored to be in your presence today, oh God. And I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, oh, my gosh, we are almost done with our cursory study on I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I hope that you've taken the time, guys, to go back for yourself, get your concordance, get your Greek and Hebrew Bible, whatever you use for your study, and really begin to delve into Psalms 119. To me, it's a great psalm for a person that's a new believer because it really gives you the mind of God. It really shows how we should be in love with the scriptures, with the word of God, because the word of God is our direction. It's the basic instruction before leaving earth, our constitution that we function in, that we live by. So I really hope that you guys will uh, take that time to really go back and hear and meet what God is saying to us in his word, because he watches word to perform it. He doesn't um, perform that come out of our mouth. He watches over his word to perform it. But we will give an account for every word that we speak. So I, I'm looking forward and I'm encouraging you guys to go ahead and jump in and really do your own study and really come in on the 19th. Getting ready to jump into our study for today, but before I do that, I want you guys to really my heart is really heavy with some of the things we've been saying on Facebook regarding the election, and I want to put up a Facebook Live post today and really share my heart with you guys. So uh, stay tuned for that. If you're listening live, uh, thank you for joining us, uh, but. I really want you guys to hear my heart because I'm really troubled and I really want to present something before you guys. So let us jump in. If you have your Bible, we're in Psalms 191, 161, and 168 today. And entitled this, or this lesson, I guess you could call it, God is our only hope. So the first thing that going to do is what the word says, what it's saying. I begin with, I'm going, I'm reading today from the English Standard Version. You guys know me. I love my Bibles, man. I love my translation. So you never know what I'm going to get, but it will be a legit one. So let's go ahead. Psalm 119, verse 161 through 168. Check it out on your phone, your tablet, uh, your computer, whatever you need. Princess, persecute me without cause. I'm sorry, princess, persecute me without cause. But my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word, like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you. 
for your righteous rules. Great peace of those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies for all my ways are before you. Oh, my gosh. There's so much meat right there. My favorite verse there is seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. I'm going to go there first before I go above and below, but uh, seven times a day. Think about that, guys. Seven. A perfect number. Seven is the number of perfection. It's the number of completion. Seven. If we're praising God seven times a day, there is no room for complaining. There's no room for whining. If we are able to praise God seven times a day, imagine the level of our altitude. Because your attitude determines your altitude. Oh my gosh, is that not awesome? Is that not a shift in one's mindset on how they function in the earth, how they function in life, on the job, with their family? If you find a way to praise God, Seven times a day. I praise you for your righteous rules. Now, he's praising him for his righteous rules, but that just means that everything that God does is righteous. Or an ordinance that we need to obey, it's going to protect us. It's going to give us what we need. It's going to provide for us, and that's what we want. We can trust the word of God. We've had that conversation before. We can trust that what God said in his word is true. We don't need to question it. We don't need to worry about it. God watches over his word to perform his word. God does that for us. So we need not worry about that. But if we could get the mindset alone to praise God seven times a day, oh, my gosh, can you imagine what our life would be like? the joy that we would feel. The play, it would really, literally set us in the presence of God. Because how do you not praise God seven times a day, seven times during your day, and not have the presence of God beaming on your life? I've been there, done that. That's my goal, to live there. And it is a new, I mean, you're filled with joy, Because how are you filled with negativity and sadness when you're finding a way to praise God seven times a day? It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So I encourage you guys, start somewhere. Put that in your life to praise God seven times a day, to give God glory, to make it. And it doesn't have to be long and extensive, but just make a a mental note in your mind and act of your will that you're going to praise God seven times a day. So let's go ahead and go back up and let's look at um, verse uh, verses one. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. Let's break that down to where we really are today. My boss is messing with me. My husband or my wife is just on my back. My kids are saying that I don't love them or I don't do this, and I do. My family is blaming me and cursing me, and they're throwing me under the bus. 
and they don't have a cause. I'm trying to do the right thing. Or I live in another state. Or I go to work, I pay my bills, I don't bother anybody. What's going on? And you're trying to do right. Now, there, there are things, there are, let's, let's be honest, guys. Let's look at ourselves. Examine our hearts first, okay? But this is about those who've done that. David's done this. And he's looking at this and he's saying, princes, high-ranking people, those who have a level of authority over me, the people that I'm speaking of have a level. The family has a level of authority over you. Bosses, even kids, you love them. But they, I don't know what it is about kids sometimes, especially as they get older. It's like they forget what you've done for them. And your love for them, it kind of seems as though it's being held over your head. So whatever your situation is that's persecuting you, whatever that thing, that, that authority over you is that's persecuting you for no reason or without cause. But, you're, but we stand in the awe. What does David say? He says, but my heart, my spirit, stands in all of your words. In other words, wow. When I read, when we were going over it last week, I used it as a, um, a cross-reference. We looked at Psalms 34, uh, 1 through 10. It really was the whole chapter, but I was focusing on, on 10. And we see that the lion is strong, but no matter how strong that lion is, God says that we, the righteous, would never be lack any good thing. You can read that in the Good News Translation. I would suggest reading it over in the Amplify just to get that flavor, that that punch, you know, because different translations kind of give it to you in a different way because of how they chose to translate the um, Greek or the Greek or the Hebrew, depending on what you're reading. So it was just fabulous. But when I think about that, it's the awe of his word. I was like, wow, God, really? When I read that, that the righteous, you know, we go into the New Testament, the righteous will not be breaking bread with the head, with not the tail. And you be, begin to read the mind of God that he has for us and the promises, and the way that he desires to minister to us and to treat us, it's amazing. How do you not, I mean, even right now as I'm thinking of this and I'm talking to you guys, I'm, I'm in utter amazement. There are times that I'll read an old scripture that I haven't studied in a while, or I'll read it again, and I'm like, wow, that was amazing. That was just rhema pertinent to my situation at that moment, at that time, it was awesome. We need to awe in the word because that is giving us that place, that mind of God and what he is saying to us in that moment, at that time, in that situation. He's giving us that direction. And then he goes on to I rejoice at your word, like one who finds great spoil. I mean, think of it, ladies and gentlemen. When you really are basking in the word, and especially in those moments when you're going through something or you're struggling, and you hear a word, and it's like, oh, my gosh, God said that. And then you keep digging and you keep reading and you're, and you're looking at translation and you're studying the word. Oh, my gosh. It is as 
down. It's Christmas time. You get literally physically excited about what God is saying and about what God is doing. And it is absolutely awesome. It is a place of rejoicing. It is a a place of sheer peace and joy because we know that God has us. We know that God loves us. We can see it. We can see the promise that God has so that no matter how uh, distraught or hurt you may be, and trust me, my life 12 months later right now is night and day from my life a year ago from what some challenges that I was facing. And it was difficult. And because I knew the word, I knew that my response was not appropriate and it hurt. So then when I pushed back to another level or another place in the word, it was the joy of the word. It was the peace of the word. It was the relationship I had with God through the word that got me through. It was not easy, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me. My close friends will tell you who cried with me. It was not easy. But I share this with you to say the joy at the word. The, it, it, it's it, it's life-saving. It's life-saving because it's a relationship that we have with it. And to see it come alive and to see it do what it does in our lives, if we would allow it, if we would be willing to go through our process and submit to the word. Ah, it's awesome. I love it. And to see it come true, to see it manifest. Oh, my God. Can you guys tell I'm really excited? Oh, my God. It's awesome. I hate and abhor falsehood, but love your law. You know, this one is hard because I see so many things, especially what I'm seeing right now and that's going on in our society and our world amongst believers. Uh, we're, we're all growing, guys. We're all growing. But as I was saying a few weeks ago and as I've been saying recently, we have to filter everything, everything that we do through the word of God. Our emotions do not dictate us. Our emotions do not lead us. Our opinions, our culture, our color, our denominational religion that we've chosen, never, none of them, ladies and gentlemen, none of those ever trump the word of God. And I know that that may be hard for many of you to hear, but there are things that are being taught that are that are so diametrically opposed to the word of God that it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when people when you can show people through the word of God that a teaching is wrong, a saying is wrong, an action is wrong, an attitude is wrong, an emotion is wrong, or not appropriate. On to it, and it's not a matter of opinion, it's just black and white. No matter what translation you read, it says that we shouldn't do it, or we should do it, and we don't do it. That troubles my heart. 
Ladies and gentlemen, go and read Second Timothy, and it tells us that we are required, you and me, individuals, are required to study to show ourselves approved. We are required, according to Romans chapter 12, to renew our mind. Our pastor can't do it for us. Our priest can't do it for us. Our prophet, apostle, teacher can't do it for us. They can provide information. At the end of the day, it is our responsibility to sit and bask in the presence of God in his word for ourselves. We have to be responsible for giving an account to why we believe what we believe. And it has to be biblical-based. And you can always fact-check it between Genesis and Revelation. God will never contradict himself. Now, you're probably saying, what does that have to do with verse 163? A lot. Because... We, I'm speaking of the falsehood, the things and bondages that we teach or that are taught out there that cause us to fall away, that cause us or to not live in a way that is pleasing to God. I don't know. Let's not say pleasing to God. Let's let's just say we could be missing the mark. And I'm, that's not to say that I have it all together. I am going through my process just like you. For example, I remember a time when I was listening to a a minister or person preach. And ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, I was like, okay, I'm not there. I don't get it. That doesn't make sense to me. I know some other areas where I I was taught denominationally that they didn't agree with something. But yet a friend of mine was in a different denomination that taught, and I was like, well, Lord, what's the truth here? I don't get it. I'm looking at her life, and her life is still holy and righteous, and she's a a good example of being a woman of God or a man of God, because I had several friends. And then I had others on the other side that were not doing something, and neither was better or worse than the other. But I wanted to know because I wanted all that God had for me, but I wanted it right. I didn't want it if it was flaky or fluff or anything. And God began to show me through his word. So that's what I mean. We can abhor. We can have a disdain. We can be disappointed for the, for the things that are not right. But we can still love what the word of God says. We can still love and desire to be obedient to what the word of God says. And I'm going to take a moment here and say this. If your attitude, motives, or your heart is not not kind and, and genuinely loving, you can do good deeds all day. And they'll just be good deeds. Because God sees the motives and the actions of the heart. He sees it when our attitudes are really not nice, inappropriate, unloving, when we snub people, when we gossip about people. This is not to say that you're not talking about facts that are out there, but then there's a place that we have to learn to draw the line, and it becomes gossip. So, we need to watch your mouth. 
we need to watch what comes out. The verse in the epistles that says that blessings and cursings cannot come out of the same mouth. Jesus himself said, many are going to say in the last days, Lord, Lord, didn't I do? We cast out devils, we fed the sick, we did this. And he says, depart from me. I don't know you. Because see, we can do good deeds and never have an ounce of God in us. Ever. God is into relationship. He's into us being with him. That's why, guys, I so love Psalms 119. Go on. Let's look at verse 165 and 166. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. When you are have when you have your foundation in who God is, when you know what the word says about your life, when you know what the word says about uh, how we conduct business, how we should operate in the earth, then we don't need to fret or fear. We just know what we need to do. We know what we need to do because we have our peace in the word. You know, we don't, we're not moved by what we see. We need to have spiritual eyes. We're not moved by what goes on around us because we have the word of God. We have the peace of God. No weapon formed against us. Me, you, shall prosper. Why? Because God has said what he said. Now, question. Are you in position to walk that out? Are you in position to receive? God requires, as we've been going through Psalms 119, we've been seeing that God has requirements in the sense of, we have a responsibility on what we need to do. We can't just be loosey-goosey, live any kind of way. Jesus died on the cross for our sins to rightly, to reposition us where we were when we lost that position in the garden. We need to get back there. So how do we do that? We accept Christ as our personal Savior, and now we are turning from what we do to the way God does things. We want, to, we want to gain God's mindset on a thing. So if our attitude and our response does not line up with that, then are we truly walking in what God gave us? Remember, if we go into Ephesians, it says that it's a free gift. It's not a thought. It's not an ideal. It's a gift. We take it, we open it, and we say, well, what is this gift? Oh, this gift comes with things. The fruit of the Spirit. Baptism in the spirit. It comes with a new way of thinking, renewing our mind, not like the world. You see, when we do these things, now we are positioning ourselves to be able to, to walk out these this passage. One oh one sixty seven. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. We know that our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotion. So how are we connecting those? Our mind is filled with the renewing things of the Word of God. Our mind is looking at what did God say that He did? Wait a minute. I have a testimony here that Jesus will. The Word says. Therefore, my mind is settled on that. So, oh my God, I cannot believe that the time has gone by 
so fast this morning. But for those of you who are troubled by the election, for those of you that don't know Christ, for those of you that may be struggling in your life, your family, your body, your health, your finances, I invite you today to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Choose Him as your hope because He is our hope. He is the one that we can place our trust in. He's all that we have. He directs our life. If you don't like what you're seeing and experiencing in the world today, I invite you to come and bask in the presence of God. Accept him today as your personal Savior. Accept him not only as your Savior, but as your Lord, and allow him to have the reign and lead over your life this morning, over your life until eternity. If you do that, just say, Lord, come into my heart today. What I've been doing, the way I am, I'm tired, I want something new. Come into my heart, lead it, govern it, and I turn from the way I've been doing things, and I take on your mindset, God, and I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've done that, yay, you are now in the family. You're in the household of faith. Great. Well, look, guys, follow me on Facebook, Dawn Marie Alexander Borsico or The Process 319 Unleashed for a special message for me today. I love you guys. Bye.